Uh, welcome back to the Fully Living Podcast, Salam Alaikum series, um, hosted by our brother here, Saeed. Um, this episode, Saeed, what are we talking about this episode? This topic uh, for this week is titled Ignorance or Negligence. Okay, so ignorance or negligence or, verse, or versus, I don't know. Uh, uh, either we can say ignorance versus negligence. Uh, I like personally, is it ignorance or is it negligence? Mm-hmm, yeah. I like that too. So this week we're joined by uh, a Somali um, and Ozzy's back again from the last the last time. You're... Um, so yeah, uh, without further ado, um, let's get this uh, party started. Mm-hmm. All right, perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bismillah. Okay, so uh, this week we're going to be discussing ignorance or negligence. And um, I feel like this topic is uh, extremely, extremely important uh, and uh, relevant in our time. And um, before we dive in to the topic itself, I'm going to kind of just give a breakdown of what we're going to be discussing and then we'll, we'll get started. So we're going to be discussing what is ignorance and negligence from an Islamic perspective. Uh, secondly, we're going to have an open discussion about the evils of ignorance, just like its own um, portion of the episode. Uh, we're just going to talk about just the evils of ignorance. Uh, thirdly, we're going to discuss a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in which he states that our ummah, our nation, is forgiven for uh, their ignorance, what they do uh, wrongfully, and their forgetfulness, and what they are um, forced to do uh, beyond their will. Um, Next, we're going to discuss uh, when are mankind forgiven for their ignorance or what they do uh, mistakenly. And then lastly, we're going to have another open discussion regarding uh, is learning the deen or are the resources for learning the deen available in our current time? And if so, why would some choose to still remain ignorant? And if that has a tie uh, with the well-known concept, ignorance is bliss. So that is like a summary of what we're going to be discussing inshallah for this week uh so without further ado what is ignorance uh so before we even discuss the topic of ignorance i feel like it's very important to highlight that there's a conversation that must uh take place before that and uh, that uh conversation is regarding accountability and the fact that in islam there is accountability and some may question, like, okay, how, how does accountability have anything to do with establishing the difference between uh, ignorance or uh, negligence? Um, to break it down, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has revealed his Qur'an to the Prophet والسلام, and he has revealed it to mankind. And in it is the legislation that tells us right from wrong. Now, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this, it became a burden upon us. It became a burden upon us. We were created as a test to see who will believe in Allah and who will uh, disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these signs to us of his existence through his prophet and the signs that the prophets came with and his books, right, his messengers, there's accountability involved in that, right? There's accountability involved in that. And we, as Muslims, we believe that that accountability is the day of judgment, right? So how exactly does it tie together? We're going to be held accountable as to whether we accepted that message of Islam or not, right? And think of it this way, right? Is there an importance of discussing ignorance or negligence if there's no sense of accountability? Like, 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 let's take away, like, like assumptuously, let's take away the concept of the day of judgment. Would people really care about what they're ignorant about or what they're negligent about? No, because there, there's no sense of accountability, right? And, and this is something that you find a lot with, with non-Muslims, really, is that you find that they don't have, like, unwavering principles, right? And that um, it's really subject to change. And, and you find them doing whatever they feel like or whatever they're doing. And you even find this sometimes even amongst Muslims, to be quite honest, right? Where they feel like they can do whatever they want to do because there's no sense of accountability. There's no sense of of God fearing, right? God consciousness. So from here, it becomes clear that um, the two do have a tie together, right? So when discussing ignorance, right? Um, We are told, حَاسِبُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ قَبْلَ أَنْ تُحَاسَبُوا to hold yourselves accountable 
before you are held accountable. Now, when it comes to our daily actions, the things that we consume, uh, what we uh, choose to eat, what we choose to wear, what we choose to believe in, what we choose to act upon, all of these things have consequences, either resulting in a reward or resulting in a punishment, right? Now, when you're going to be held accountable on the day of judgment for what you do, you'd want, when you have this accountability, right? A person should feel like they have to watch out for what they're doing. And the only way that a person can watch out is if they like study the deen or they learn the deen or, or they, they gain knowledge, right? So that they can be upon clear guidance, right? And so the Prophet ﷺ tells us, Muslim. That seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every Muslim. Okay, so where is the, the threshold? Like, where does a person stop? Is everybody expected to become scholars? No, obviously not, right? But it is upon every person to learn what, uh, in, what is revolved around their life, what applies to their life, their fast, their prayers, uh, their charity that they give. The actions that they go about every day, the food that they eat, they're required to know the rulings of these things, right from wrong from these things, right? So moving on to the next uh, uh, part, I want to I wanna have an open discussion. Just ask you guys, what do you guys feel like uh, the dangers of ignorance are? Or just like, because uh, I feel like in, in our time, we're like we've become extremely complacent with our ignorance, especially when regarding our, our deen, like Islam, right? So what do you guys feel like are, are the dangers of this or like what causes this? To be honest, I, I think there's a, there's a, like a fine line between the two. Okay. Uh, I remember I asked, off, off part, I asked you like an example. If somebody is doing something, they feel like it's bad. Yeah. But they don't they don't for sure know it's bad. Yeah. But they kind of want to keep doing it. So they don't do the proper research. So like it's it, it's almost like a guilty pleasure kind of. Yeah, like like yeah. Let's say like it's sort of like a ignorance is bliss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically it's exactly. ignorance is yeah. bliss. Like that, like that's it, like is that negligence? I know it's a, uh, you answered the question, but um but again, is that negligence? That's that's definitely negligence. Yeah, it is. It is, and and like the the reason why it is negligence is because why is the per like because the Prophet says like actions are judged by uh, by their intentions. So if a person is is purposely choosing not to educate themselves on a matter, why is it because of their enjoyment in what in, in what they're doing that is potentially a sin? That do they not want to like you see what I'm saying? A, a person who has a concept of the fact that like, they want to save themselves from any wrong, potential wrong that they can do, they would learn the deen and ask questions in order to save themselves. Whereas a person who um, finds pleasure in whatever they do, they would fear that learning something new in Islam could stop them from the pleasure that they gain from whatever it is that they do, mm -hmm. right? And so... That right there, the fact that they have the ability to gain knowledge on a matter or to learn right from wrong on a matter and they consciously choose not to, that right there is their negligence. That it's is the negligence. It, it, it's true. It, it's, it's, I, think, I think it's threatening. You know? I, think, I think knowledge is very threatening. Even when you think about it like in every sense of the word, like knowledge as when people know, then people would know how to act, you know? And like you, it, this is just how it is even in history. Like for, for it's, it's, it's just how Allah has created knowledge. You know, when mm -hmm. people know their rights, then they're more inclined to act a certain way. They're more inclined mm -hmm. to be in a certain way. And that's just how it is with everybody. Muslims, non-Muslims, it doesn't matter. You know, so the concept of knowledge and, and being somebody who's not ignorant, it, it, it puts you in a position to have the tools to conduct yourself in the correct way to get to a specific goal. You get what I'm saying? I think that's why people always like promote knowing your rights. Exactly. Like, people tell you to like, know your rights so that you know nobody can get one up on you. Yeah, nobody like you don't violate your rights. Your ignorance, yeah. Exactly. exactly. But we don't we don't have the same sort of sentiment when it comes to knowing the rights that Allah has over us. Exactly. But you know what's another another thing that I wanted to get at just after even saying that? I think 
when when it comes to like the barriers um of educating yourself and why like somebody willingly chooses not to learn right i think it's because it threatens it, it, it's a very threatening thing if you have lived a life in a specific way for so long think about the people of the past who have like just chosen not to learn you know or who have chosen not even not not even about learning downright even rejecting like we know the Fir'aun, like he he raised Musa in his own house, you know, but he chose not to like accept the message when Musa came to him. And like, if you look at even some of the like um, arguments that Fir'aun had to like Musa, it was, he would say things like, Musa, you, you were raised in my, in my house. You were a little kid. And now you all of a sudden want to start advising somebody way older than you. I'm a king. Like I'm this, I'm that, I'm a la'ala, like, you know? And it's like, people are so afraid of change, you know? And they don't like change. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's scary because it challenges your way of life and your way of thinking. And it, it's, a, yeah. And it's a challenge that's that a people, back, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, man. It's a challenge that people back then felt. And it's a challenge even till today that people continue finding when they, when it comes to accepting what Islam has to offer, you know, so mm -hmm. that's, that's my two cents. And mm -hmm. to, to answer your, your original question, I think one of the biggest dangers of not knowing or not having knowledge is that you're living based on assumptions. Yeah. Especially when it comes to the deen. If you don't know what's right and wrong, you assume this is right and you assume this is wrong. Mm -hmm. And then oftentimes those assumptions, whether they're right or wrong, you're going to be, you're going to, you know, face the consequences of those actions. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a, if you had an assumption and it turned out to be good, you know, that, that's, that's, that's one thing. But if you yeah. make an assumption and it turns out that you made the wrong assumption, now, like, you, you know, it, it, it's, like, it's not worth the risk. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. Yeah, it's, you're, you're, I, see, I see exactly what you're saying. Like, it's, it's a gamble. So you, you, may, you may get it one time, you may not. But just the fact that you're putting yourself in that uncomfortable position, it, it's your dean that you're playing with this at the end of the day. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, exactly. And I just, like, I, I couldn't help but, like, think or just pose a question. Like, okay. Let's say, for example, that a person does like learn whatever it is that 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 is relevant to them in the dean. What happens if something, you know, happens in their life where it's not an everyday issue? Like, are they required to have learned that ahead of time or not? Right. Uh, so, to make like my my question clear, there's a hadith in which the pro uh, the, the, there's a story of the Sahaba they were traveling, right? And so there was a man that. Uh, like a boulder hit him. I believe it was his head, right? And so, like, he obviously started bleeding, right? So he, he went to sleep that night, and he had a wet dream. And if those who don't know, like, when you have a wet dream, you have to perform a bath in order to make wudu, and for your salat to be valid, you have to perform a bath. So when he, when he woke up, he, like, he asked them, like, do you guys think that it's possible for me to like avoid taking a bath and like just do tayammum, right? And they said, no, you have to take a bath. So the man took a bath and he died. He took a bath and he died. And then the news of this story reached the Prophet ﷺ and he said, those men, they, they killed him. They killed him. If they, like he said, ﷺ, the cure you know, of, of curiosity, but not only curiosity, but ignorance is, is to question, to ask, right? Why didn't they ask? So my point is that if we don't know things in our religion, the least that we can do is ask somebody, right? Ask someone, ask a person knowledge. And this is essentially what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the Quran, he says, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Right? Ask the people of knowledge if you don't know, which means that there has to be something that you know, right? But in the case that you don't know something, Ask the people of knowledge, right? So, moving on, there's a hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ, he says, That my nation, my nation has been forgiven of the, their mistakes, what they do wrongfully, uh, out of ignorance, and their forgetfulness, what they forget, what they're forced to do. So we're not going to be talking today about um, like what, the, what we forget to do, nor what we're forced to do. We're going to be tackling um, what we do like mistakenly or without knowledge. 
right? So the, the question comes like, when is a person forgiven for their ignorance? When can something uh, be considered ignorance? And is there such thing, is there like such thing as like an excuse for a person ignorance? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, right? We just mentioned right now the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, that if a person is ignorant of a matter, that they are forgiven. And there are also like Quranic verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ فِيمَا أَخْطَأْتُمْ بِهِ وَلَكِنْ مَا تَعْمَدُ قُلُوبُكُمْ That there's no blame uh, for that in which uh, you have erred or like made a mistake, but only like, you, like there, there is blame for what your hearts intended. Right? In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا كُنَّا مُعَذَّبِينَ حَتَّى نَبْعَثَ رَسُولًا and uh, w- like we would never, Allah says, we would never punish until we sent a messenger. So what we understand from this is that there is no neg- negligence except after knowledge has been made clear. There's no negligence except after knowledge has been made clear. Because what happens in the case of a person who knowledge is not presented to them? Islam is not presented to a person. Is that person held accountable for something that they don't know? The answer is no. The answer is no, right? But when it is made clear to them, then and only then is that considered disbelief or, uh, um, or what's considered to be, uh, um, I'm studying right now, I'm sorry, negligence, negligence, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains the stories of how many people, how many nations in the Quran that the reason that they chose not to believe or their negligence was because بَغْيًا بَيْنَهُمْ Right? Jealousy or حَسَدًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ Right? Allah says that حَسَدًا that they were uh, mm-hmm. synonymous with, with jealous, right? Or, or like envious, right? Or uh, prideful. فِرْعَوْنْ لَعْنَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ Like he knew that Islam was the truth but he chose not to out of pride, right? So people they choose not to accept the truth or to accept the proofs that are presented to them in the knowledge for different reasons, right? But it is only after it has been presented to them that a person is now held accountable for it and can be subject to punishment for that thing, right? Um, so, okay, so now, like, we have to establish a one, one understanding here, and that is that this discussion that we're having regarding negligence and ignorance, it is not as like what Ozzy says, a be all, end all discussion where like a person listens to this 40, 50 minute podcast and they know everything there is to know about uh, ignorance and negligence. No, no. Uh, what we can do is try to shed light on uh, some of the things that are considered to be uh, negligence, some of the scenarios that we can try to paint and some scenarios that can be painted as ignorance, right? But essentially, these type of uh, discussions, a person has, like every case has to be looked at individually. So we, we can draw out some sort of general principles to hold, but we cannot apply them to every single person individually because everybody's circumstances are different, right? And we learn, uh, like inshallah, uh, over the next uh, couple of minutes that these, uh, this is essentially a, um, a c- circumstantial discussion. What's up, Azi? Yo, I have a small uh, question, just for clarification purposes. So, would you would you say that ignorance is not necessarily the state of not knowing, but it's more of like a mind state of not willingly trying to learn? It, would you would you say that? Like, because there's obviously instances of people who they hold Islam to a high regard, but then they're also very, you could also say, ignorant of a lot of facets of the deen, you know. And it does, mm-hmm. and it's not a matter of like uh, not wanting to learn, or it's not mm-hmm. even a matter of not. Uh, holding Islamic knowledge to a high degree, but it's just they just don't know, you know, like they don't know. They need to be taught. So, is that person would that person be considered ignorant, or is it, or is, or is ignorance a state of like, okay, well, you know what? It, it, when I'm negligent, then for therefore I am ignorant. You, you know what I'm saying? Okay. One thing I'll say for sure is that it is upon it is incumbent upon those who are around that person who do know the truth to present it and share it with that person. And that is essentially what the prophets were sent for, right? That they know the truth. And the Prophet, والسلام, what he was given distinctly, uh, uh, like a virtue of, above the other prophets, was that he was sent to all of humanity, 
whereas the other prophets were only sent to their nations, right? So to kind of answer your question from an angle, from an angle, not to run away from it, but it is one thing we can say for sure, a solution to this is that us, us people, us Muslims who do know, we do have to share it with those who don't know or those who we feel may not know, right? And it's important to mention this because like when, when it comes to these type of discussions, it's good to try to mention as many solutions to uh, these issues as possible. You know what I mean? But if you can just re, uh, rephrase or like uh, bring back your question one more time so that I can answer it from uh, like a way that's more suitable. Uh, you know, you? like I guess maybe maybe it was not only for me. It's more just like a clarification thing in general. But yeah, 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 yeah. For example, like Allah says in the Quran, right? He says, "Fasalu Like you just said, you know. And it's like if you um like just for a translation, it's like ask those who know when you don't know, you know. So yeah, in that instance, when that person is asking the person, the, the scholar or the person who knows, when you're asking at that instance before the person answers, is that person considered ignorant? at that point of whatever they're asking about like or is or is ignorance of varying levels you know if this person is very like ignorant or if this person's maybe ignorant in a matter you, you know what i'm saying you, I, you know see, the, I see exactly what you're saying and uh scholars yeah. they divide um uh ignorance into like two categories they call it uh al-jahl al-murakab right and if we get into this, it's going to be an extremely long discussion. So I'm going to try to like sum it up as best as I can in a concise way. There's al-jahl al-basit, which is the ignorant one who knows that he's ignorant, right? His, his ignorance is, is, is subtle. Like he knows, he's conscious of his ignorance. Whereas there's other people uh, like al-jahl al-murakkab, they say, la yadri annahu la yadri. That he, he doesn't know the fact that he doesn't know. So if you're to ask him a question, He'll answer a question with confidence, thinking that he knows something, or he, he, but he just doesn't. He doesn't know it. You know that what I mean? double that double L, yo. Yeah, it's um, like a double L. It's like two stacked L's. That he's ignorant, and on top of that, he thinks he he knows what he's talking about, but really he doesn't. You know. Mm. So yes, uh, as I would see in both cases, uh, the, the, these people are ignorant, but their ignorance it differs. One is more ignorant than other, whereas the other one is. Less ignorant, and it's actually mm. this is kind of like it's amazing that you mentioned this point because it shows you how dangerous it is for us to feel like we know it all. And this is something that even me and you we had a conversation about the other day, you know, subhanallah, on, mm -hmm. on, on WhatsApp, where like we should never feel like we know something inside out because the moment that you feel like you know something, you'll never really hold yourself accountable or like double check to see, okay, like am I am I doing this properly, you know? And, um, and, and, you're, and you're living off of assumptions. Exactly, and Ozzy mm -hmm. and uh, Azibo, the ayah is not coming to mind for me right now, but if you can mention one of the last ayat uh, of Surah uh, Kahf, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala poses a question, uh, and he said, uh, Exactly, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, 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 he poses a question and he says, Shall I not tell you of the, like, those who are like true losers, you know, those who have lost their portion like, of, of this life, this life, and they and they themselves think that they're on it. Like they they uh, pardon like it's part of my French, but like they feel like they are on what is known as like guidance, you know. So it's so dangerous that like uh, we we hold ourselves to a point where we think like we know it all, and there's no room for you know uh, studying or like as as uh, uh, some of our teachers would say like our cup is full. The concept of like having a full cup, you can't pour knowledge or anything into a full cup. You know what I mean? And, and it's dangerous because, like, what if that full cup is, is, is filled with ignorance? I'm sounding mad poetic right now, but, like, you know, like, you know what I'm trying to say, you know? Um, like, if your cup is filled with ignorance, then there's no way that you can fill yourself up with knowledge, right? So, subhanAllah, like, Ozzy, like, I don't know if you intended to open this discussion, but the fact that you asked that question, it's, it, it's, um, it, it was no, immense, man, immense benefit. No, I, I think it's good, though, because, like, I think what I was, like, hoping to get out of that question was, I feel like to properly like rid yourself of ignorance, you need to be able to identify it, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's for like, sure. You know what I mean? And if you're not able to like see the the wrong in your own mindset or see the wrong in the way the own way that the way that you live your life, it's like how can you even start taking measures against it? You can't. You mm -hmm. cannot. You cannot. Mm -hmm. So it's like I, I, don't, I don't want to get I don't want to get off track here, but um, you know, it's it's one thing for a person to have not known and to have never known. Mm -hmm. And then it's another thing for a person. For example, if there's a class going on in, in your local mission every week, every weekend, 
and you choose not to go and something gets covered there that, that could potentially save the way that you worship Allah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's not really, I mean, that, that's ignorance of the matter, but that's yeah. ignorance that's caused by you. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, um, uh, Ziba, you mentioned that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Tawbah, He says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُضِلَّ قَوْمًا بَعْدًا إِذْهَدَهُمْ حَتَّى يُبَيِّنَ لَهُمْ مَا يَتَّقُونَ Right? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He would not um, misguide a people until it has been made clear to them. You know, until, until, until their deen has been made clear to them. Right? In Allah, Allah is above all things knowledgeable and aware, right? So, subhanAllah, like this is something that even like it, it's beyond our capacity that in every single person, they have their own circumstance, right? And this, is, and this is given. So every single person has their own signs. And, and, and Allah has uh, everybody's accountability in, in different ways. Where like, for example... Um, knowledge may have been presented to me in a way where it has not been presented to Zebo or has been presented to Ozzy in a way that hasn't been presented to Rex, right? And we, like Ayah Saeed, may not be able to identify the knowledge that has been made clear cut to Ozzy, right? But at the end of the day, what we do know is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes sure to present the truth to people, to present the truth to people, and that when it has been made clear that truth, then at that point, that is when the accounting is. And if in a case where it is, it, it has not been uh, put to them, then those people are ignorant and they're in a different category. Like for example, um, the time between uh, Prophet Isa salam and Prophet Muhammad salam is known to be the darkest time. There was no messengers, there was no books, right? And so I, I believe uh, the, 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 the time frame was somewhere between, I believe 300 to 600 years, Allahu A'lam. Right, these people, these people are in their own category, right? And scholars, they have like a difference of opinion in regards to like what happens to these people, right? When they come to the day of judgment and their entire life, that they, they did not come across any book of Allah, they didn't come across any signs, they didn't come across any messengers. What happens to them? You know, some scholars, not to not to get too deep into it, but like some scholars, they say that they'll be tested on the day of judgment. They'll be tested, right? Uh, some scholars say no from Allah's immense uh, mercy and, and compassion and, and, and love and, and forgiveness, that he forgives them and pardons them, and that he grants them Jannah, right? So uh, the, the, the point that I want to make is that um, this is very circumstantial, but the golden rule is that negligence only comes after knowledge has been made clear, right? And again, I really, really want to emphasize to my brothers and sisters that it is so, so, so important for you to learn what you can of your religion, for you to learn what you can of your religion. Because honestly, like ignorance is, is darkness, is darkness. And when knowledge is not present, ignorance takes its place. And it's really important to know this, that like when, when a person is missing knowledge, there's something that fills in that spot. And it's not knowledge. So it, essentially, it cannot be something beneficial, right? And that's uh-huh. subhanAllah, like even some of the, the scholars, they mentioned that like, from the consequences and effects of sins is that a person is made ignorant or whatever knowledge that they had is stripped from them. So it shows you that like ignorance is such a dangerous thing to be and imagine living in darkness. And subhanAllah, like, I wanted to mention this hadith before and I forgot, but now I can mention it, that the Prophet ﷺ mentions a man who prayed for 60 years and his salah was not accepted. Like just, pond, like, just ponder on it. Like, a man prayed for 60 years and his salah was not accepted. And the Prophet says that at the end of the hadith, perhaps that he fulfilled his ruku' but not his, like, prostration on the ground. Or perhaps he fulfilled his prostration on the ground but not his ruku' where he burns over after standing and reading Fatiha. So it shows you that, like, you have to, have to, have to remove ignorance from yourself. Right, that you have to make sure that whatever uh, obedience to Allah that you're performing, whether it's fasting, whether it's uh, donating uh, charity, whether it's praying, whether it's performing Hajj, that you educate yourself. Because imagine that you're going to these extents to do all these actions, you're taking time and money, uh, and putting time and money into these things, and at the end of the day, because of your ignorance, it's not accepted. You know, it's very possible. It's very possible. And again, that's a, these, these that's a scary thing, bro. Pardon. So that's very scary, man. It's, bro, it's it's extremely scary, scary, bro. Like, it's, 
Allah al-Musta'an, like it's 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 something that really like we have to like honestly honestly like ponder over, especially like in the month of Ramadan, that like we have to you know take matters in our own hands. And I, like, I had a question. Ignorance for myself. Yeah, what's up, man? But it's like it might be uh, far left, far right. Uh, you know, coming from coming from nowhere. But I don't know. I'll, I'll ask it anyway. We'll but, try to find balance in it. Yeah, like okay. Let's say somebody knows. Uh, that something is bad. This this is a clear negligence, by the way. Okay. Me, yeah, I think yeah, hundred percent negligence. So like, let's go to the example, and then we'll kind of like classify okay. it so, more, to the best of our abilities. Of you know what? Let's say somebody somebody knows that eating pork is is obviously haram. You know? Yes. Yes. But in their head, they're like, yo, you know what? Let me just take this L. Like it's not that bad. Let me just take that. Let me just take the, Like I, let me take this this sin to the chin, basically. Yes. Like what? What? Like what? What can like what can you tell that person? That that it that is complete uh, negligence, complete negligence. And Subhanallah, like you know, uh, from our religion, Subhanallah, you'll find that there are certain there, there's a certain threshold of knowledge that is like like the across the board everybody knows, and from them are these type of issues like the fact that pork is impermissible to consume no muslim in his right mind is going to come today and be like uh yeah I, i'm not too sure if it's right or wrong or like i don't know but i'm gonna just do it one time for that one time like you can't know you know, or no you someone just says yo i'm just gonna hug this l like i'm just gonna hug bro, it bro yeah it's an l because you're gonna be held accountable for for, for, for eating that pork like especially when 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 subhanallah like this is why it's important to mention that this uh, discussion is circumstantial because, like, in that example, does that person have Muslims around them that refrain from this? No. Are they completely, yeah, are they completely alone? Are they in a desert? Because it's context is so important, right? So, and, yo, let's say, let's say it's me. Like, I'm just like, yo, let me get bacon on my cheeseburger. I'm just out here, like, <laughs> this is this is you as Rex with the same. Me, uh, yeah, the same. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. I'm just like, yo, fam. yeah, that's complete. Like, yeah, that's complete. Like, like, yo, bro. Yo, fam, I'm just gonna hug it like it's late. Yeah, but you see, but like, what wh what is that? That's exactly what what, what Zebo was mentioning. That's that is gambling when knowing. Like, honestly, yo, you know what that is? You know when you have that thought in the back of your mind that like, yo, I honestly should not be doing this, but like you try to push that 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 little. No, uh, I, caller I, I don't think I don't think to the back of your about, mind uh, negligence and ignorance here. I think Pardon? he's talking about like. I think he's mentioned in, in the, the example that Rex is talking about, a person clear cut knows it's haram. Exactly. Like, That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, it, honestly, he, well, he's right. It's not really a, a discussion of ignorance or negligence. It's some, it is negligence, but it's more like that person knows that it's haram, but they're just trying to avoid that thought in their mind to the best of their abilities. And you can just tell the way that you put it, like, yo, I'm going to just hug this L. How did they come to the conclusion that it's an L? From that's more like that it's impermissible, right? That's more like huffle, bro. Like being yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's heedlessness. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> you know, but it's it's but it's also like a person just being careless. Like that's complete yeah. carelessness with their deen. Like not watching what they consume, right? So I, I promise, Rex, I'm not blaming you. I'm blaming yeah. this guy an example, <laughs> like Rex an example. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm Rex is looking mad attack right now. People can't. No, no, no. It's hilarious to me because yo, you could change the context and it might make more sense. Like you, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Again, like, yeah, exactly. It, like you can, you can, like, right? like you can say, yo, certain certain guys, like people probably know, know this. Like guys think like yo. Having sex not that bad. Bro, like, let's be let's be real here. Let's be real. People are gonna say, "Yo, I'm just gonna hug it." Like, you know, when I get married, I ask. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I can't stop picturing Rex just scarfing down a fat pork burger, sort of like to the goal. You know, I think I think that the example you're that Rex you're mentioning is. A person choosing their desires in that moment, in that exactly, instant. yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Subhanallah, and like, you know, like Ibn Al Qayyim, rahimahullah, who is the student of Ibn Taymiyyah, he he wrote a book called Adat wa Dawa, and it's one of my favorite books. It's called The Spiritual Disease and Its Cure, and he mentions this 
that some people may choose the, the, the temporary pleasure of a sin over the long-term pleasure of Allah's obedience. And he says that if a person, if a person were to be given all the pleasures in the world worth a disobedience, it will not overweigh the, the feeling of alienation that they feel afterwards, the feeling of regret and guilt that they feel afterwards. So it shows you that all this pleasure is really temporary. You know, and, and Allah like says in the Quran, like, that what is this worldly life except that it is it is it is a life that just it's 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 deceiving it's deceit you know so subhanallah like it's, it's, it's extremely uh yeah ozzy what's up i actually have something to say to that uh yeah, go for it. yeah so i was i was i read a i read a little uh benefit from ibn qayyim as well and he was explaining that if you should guard also against your thoughts. And just kind of going back to like the example that Rex was explaining about somebody who gets to the point where they think it's okay to eat pork or to do anything else that's really like immoral and, is, and shouldn't be done. It, it's a symptom of somebody who hasn't feared Allah in a very, very long time, you know? Because it, there's certain things that we know growing up, this is, this is how we shouldn't be, right? So when Allah, when Allah says in the Quran, it means that like Allah will make you a furqan. He'll make you somebody who can differentiate between what is right and what's wrong. Maybe, maybe give you the ability to understand that, right? If if you fear Allah, that's the first condition. Yeah. Right? So when you're somebody who hasn't feared Allah in a while, you shouldn't, like, it's not shocking to get to a point where you think, oh, you know what? I've been eating pork for so long. It's not that bad. What's another Big Mac, you know, gonna, you know, Big Mac with some bacon in it? What's, what's that going to hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. you, you get to a point where you start to normalize those things. And that's yeah. the symptom of somebody who doesn't fear Allah, right? So mm -hmm. I was just thinking, like, if you start thinking about, like, um, how to identify where all this stuff comes, comes from, you can begin to kind of, like, treat it within yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Subhanallah, you, you mentioned a lot, like, like the, the fear of Allah. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe that's a sign that we should, we should make that next week's uh, episode uh, subject, man. Like, hope versus fear. And I mean, I like, like think, think about it. Like, this, this is just the way I think. Allah Alam, you guys, you know, yeah. I would like to hear what you guys have to say on it. But if you, if there's not, you need something to motivate you to learn. You don't just want to, like, what's the point? Whoever learns something just because they want to learn it. There has to be a reason why. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there has uh -huh. to be a reason why. If you learn nutrition and food, I learned nutrition and food. I found it interesting. I like it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's the reason why I learned it. So mm -hmm. why, why would you ever want to learn about Islam? if you never ever found its usefulness in your life, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like, what's the question? The question is like, if, do you not feel like Islam is useful for you? Like, mm -hmm. what, why, why don't you want to learn, you know? And for mm -hmm. myself, I think that like, when, when I read the Quran and I see all the different punishments that Allah is waiting for somebody who's like, ignorant of his- Exactly, of his, it makes you conscious, ayat. yeah. It mm -hmm. makes you, it forces you to be like, yo, bro, I gotta wake up, man. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you, exactly. I gotta wake up. So that's even, even yeah. aside, aside from all the technical stuff, right? Like the, the biggest reason a person should learn or should want to learn is to get to know Allah, to get closer mm -hmm. to Allah. Yeah. Right. In, in and of its essence, right? Before we even get to the technical stuff as of knowing what's, permiss what's permissible and not mm -hmm. permissible, mm -hmm. you have to be a person who knows Allah. Mm -hmm. And then once you know Allah, then you, you yourself will want to know what does Allah want from me so yeah. I can do it. Yeah. What does Allah want to not do so I can stay away from it? Yeah, I feel like what you got, like Ozzy brought like the means in which gets you to like start learning, and uh, Zebra brought the goal. Like, what's the goal in mind? You know, mm. what do you? What's what's the aim? The aim is to please Allah and to and to gain nearness to Him, Subhanahu wa Taala. And Ozzy's saying, okay, what are those motivating factors? Right, learning about paradise, learning about hellfire. Those motivating factors is what you know. So I feel like both of you guys are like on the same page, and like what you guys said, like complements each other. You know, it goes so, hand in hand. Exactly, exactly. So, Jazakallah for those uh, points, Ozzy. I just want to like wrap this up before moving on to our last question. So, to wrap up the, the essence of ignorance, right? If a person has no resources or they have no means of educating themselves or they are not around those who can educate them, they are not around those who they can ask, in that case, that person is not held accountable for their ignorance. Because that person is, is a victim of their circumstance, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best of that person's scenario and, and their situation and circumstance. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we also have to keep in mind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the, is the all-merciful. And that Allah is just, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does not oppress anybody. 
in his creation, anything, not even a mustard seed of weight, right, of, of, of oppression, will anybody receive from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's, it's good to keep this in mind, that Allah, he wants ease for us and he wants good for us. But at the same time, there is that sense of accountability, right? So essentially, negligence, right, to wrap it up, is when a person has the ability to educate themselves on a matter, but they consciously choose not to. They consciously choose not to educate themselves on that matter and to remain in their ignorance, which draws us to our last point, which is an open discussion that I hope everybody will participate in, which is, is learning the deen like possible in our time? And like, do we have the available resources? Do we have resources available? And if so, why do some still choose to remain ignorant? Ignorance is bliss. Guys, the floor is yours, man. Man, ignorance is bliss. I, I think it, it all just ties back to just being able to live the life that you want to live, you know? And in all honesty, like, I think a point that has to be, like, understood when it comes to, like, completely understanding the, the, the gravity of ignorance is, like, you do not know what's best. And I think that's probably one of the hardest aspects of getting over your own ignorance, you know? Yeah. Because Islam is about submitting, right? It's about yep. literally putting aside what you think sometimes and saying, Wallahi, what Allah has is better than what I have for myself, you know? Exactly, yeah. And for some people, like, that's like a hurdle that um, I think is very, very hard to get over. Like, probably even like detrimental. They, they, they might not ever go, get over it, honestly, you know? And, and it's kind of scary. You know? May Allah make us not amongst those type of people, you know? I mean, but, I mean. It, but it's a serious hurdle, you know? So if, if you have lived a life and all you've known is this, think about all the instances of the people in the Quran that have rejected Islam. People say, oh, this is what our forefathers were on. Or I'm a king. Or I'm a, I'm a god, in some cases, mm -hmm. like, for, like Fir'aun, you know? Like mm -hmm. there's, there are all these different instances, like Islam has challenged their way of life, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. if, if you cannot get over yourself, you know, at times, mm -hmm. that's like, that's that's probably the reason why people would rather just be ignorant because it's blissful for a little short time. It's blissful. It's blissful. Yeah. It is right. Wow. Like this, it really is, and it goes according to the hadith of Prophet Muhammad. He said, "This is like this is this is a jail for the people who are who are Muslims and the mu'min, and then this is a it's like a jannah for those who aren't. You know, it's like yeah. they get to do what they want. But as Muslims, we know that we, we don't have the we don't have the permissive. We're not we're we're prohibited from living a life like that." There's a lot of mm -hmm. things in Islam that tell you that hold you back from doing things, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas if, if, imagine you can live your life without having to hold yourself back. It's, it's blissful for a little bit, but then you're, yeah. you're, you die and then you're in the grave and then khalas, forever, you're done. I think one thing about, like, about the question, just in terms of just learning in general, I feel like the, the religion of Islam is like a, it's a hard thing for a person to to um to keep up you know um and realistically like i was uh, again i was reading some of these books and these and these, and and a quote from one of these books said that um people think that uh small things or whatever like money or all these things make the are going to make them happy but they said the guy said you're true realistically people are really happy when or or fulfilled when they when they find themselves stretching or like going to the full extent of their limits and then finally finishing whatever if it's a project or whatever like push pulling pushing themselves to the extreme limits is when they find they find after they're done they find themselves to be extremely happy and realistically anything in the, just not even just like outside of dean anything in this world anything worth doing is is always hard mm -hmm. and i think it's just that small sense it should show that realistically it's like point. yeah it's it it, it should it, it's difficult because it's nothing comes easy yeah yeah exactly that, that rex i think that point is beautiful that's man. a big point man i think i think that's a beautiful point it, hey uh thanks i think we live a lifestyle or we're raised in an environment that promotes <laughs> doing what makes you feel good Okay. You know, doing what the way you think is best. Live yeah. the life you want to live. Be true mm -hmm. to yourself. All of these sort of catchphrases that we're so used to hearing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As if that you'll find freedom and happiness in 
basically pleasing your desires, doing everything yeah. that you can to live a lifestyle that fulfills all of your desires. Exactly. When in reality, we know that it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. That you find nothing but misery in fulfilling each and every single one of your desires. Because yeah. then you become a slave to your desires. Subhanallah. Right. Like Allah said in the Quran, uh, have you not seen the one that has taken his own desires as his God? Uh, you know, mm. Subhanallah, bro. Like it's 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 that is so big, like that. And that that, 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 that just goes to show the, the the nature of insan that as human beings we're created for submission. Yeah. You know, one exactly. way or another, you're going to submit. Either you're going to go submit to Allah and mm-hmm. live a fulfilled life and have a yeah. good life in the akhirah, mm-hmm. or you're going to submit to yourself to your desires, live yeah. a miserable life here and a miserable life in the hereafter. Yeah. That's yeah. what Allah says. Yeah. Whoever, whoever neglects or whoever turns away from the remembrance of Allah, he's going to live a miserable life. Yeah. And he's going to be resurrected on the day of judgment. It's blind. And mm-hmm. that is like, that's what happens when you neglect your purpose. Please, it's, please read on to the next ayah, please, because it's so important that contest. What's the next ayah? Please mention it. They okay. gonna stand in front of Allah and they're gonna ask, "Oh Allah, why did you raise me blind when I used to be able to see?" Uh-huh. No, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the response to that person um, uh, was, "I just." That my my similarly like this, that mm-hmm. my verses have come to you, our verses have come to you, mm-hmm. and you forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And on this day you're gonna be forgotten. Yeah. But is it but is it but is it when Allah says that, is it actually forgetting when Allah says no. that he's gonna it's not. Mm-hmm. Right? It isn't it isn't when, when you see what we see what we're getting here. So at yeah. that point it's it's more like that person, like they neglected the the, the, the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So on the day of judgment, that person is gonna be ignored. You know what yeah, I mean? And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, mm-hmm. The people who 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 um who, who disbelieve in, the meaning of Allah. Yeah. Allah no, when mm-hmm. that when the day of judgment comes to them unexpectedly, and they're snatched mm-hmm. away from this world, right? Yeah. They're gonna say, yeah, They're gonna be so regretful over the fact that mm-hmm. they neglected Allah. They're gonna be carrying that burden on their backs, right? So, like when we read yeah. these verses and when we see these things and crazy, we know, though. like when you do the research and you look, what does Allah Subhanahu wa Taala want from me? And you go and you learn, this is what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala war- warns of. And you realize, okay, it's really not worth it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even, even though fact, we, we live a lifestyle that that basically promotes, you know, live, mm-hmm. fulfilling your desires and submitting to your desires, we know that in reality, it's not worth it. It's true. And you know, another thing about Islam that's so interesting is that through through prohibiting yourself and depriving yourself of certain things, Allah raises you. And it's kind of like counterintuitive to the way that as, as people we are, like we feel like we always have to do more. We have to compensate more to get something, right? When mm-hmm. Allah sometimes, like even when you look at like how things happen, like Allah says in the Quran, um, right? He says, I, want, I make you guys taste the smaller punishment, meaning like a, a type of trial that might hold you back from something you want to do. It might um, stop you from, from maybe going forward in your life. It, it kind of puts a halt on whatever plans you might have had. Smaller, short of something that's bigger. Why? What's the whole point? So you have time to think about how you're supposed to go back to Allah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's so interesting because as, pu- as people, if we get a, a bad mark in school, for example, we think to ourselves, man, maybe we need to study harder to get good on the next exam. No, that's not how it is. When it comes with Allah, it's like, if you find yourself in a bad place with Allah, you just have to go back to Him. And sometimes going back to Him might be stopping yourself from doing a lot of the things you did, doing the bad that you do. So it's about prohibiting yourself as opposed to continually, continuously to go forward with what you're doing. And with that, Allah raises you, you know? And it's like, yeah. I, I think it's a very like, interesting concept when you think about like, submission and what Islam mm-hmm. really means and, and what that really means to you in your own life, you know? Yes, subhanAllah. And also, like, the, the Prophet, alayhi even mentions in, like, in an authentic hadith that 
people will be resurrected according to uh, you know, the company that they kept or the lifestyle that they lived. So those who are prideful, they'll be resurrected with those who are prideful. And those who are neglectful will be raised with those who are neglectful. So subhanAllah, like, uh, may Allah protect us from this. Like, you'll, you'll find that, like, mm. on the Day of Judgment, everybody's going to be with the, the suitable group that they identified with, you know? And, and it shows you that, like, we should never, ever, you know, be, just, like, be heedless, especially having... Being, being gifted with Islam, like the, the greatest gift that we, we could ever receive in our life, you know? We should never, like, uh, feel comfortable, like, okay, like, it's, it's enough that, that I have a Muslim name. It's enough that I was born Muslim. I, I, it's, that's, it's enough for me, you know? Because the moment that you feel that, that you're comfortable and, and you're in no need of more, that's the beginning of your, uh, of your destruction, right? And you find that the Prophet, والسلام, a, a man who was infallible, would seek forgiveness in Allah a hundred a hundred times in a day, a hundred times in a day, right? You you find an authentic hadith where he says, uh, "Oh flipper of hearts, keep my heart firm on your religion." This is the greatest man to walk the earth, the greatest man to walk the earth. So it shows you that even the Prophet والسلام, did not have you know did not uh, allow that sense of uh, comfort or ease uh, to set in him, or the fact that like uh, he uh, because he is the last and final prophet that he is guaranteed paradise, right? So we, should, we you know, subhanAllah, uh, should be even more conscious of, of this point. And uh, I just want to like, uh, uh, Zeebo, since yeah, Ozzy um, answered part of the, the last question that I asked, why people chose to be ignorant, I want to ask you, like, do you feel like um, the deen is accessible in, a, in, a, in our time? And is it uh, like available for people to, to, to learn? that the real deen, because sometimes, sorry to, to, to kind of get off the tangent, sometimes people feel like the real Islam, the true Islam, the pure Islam, may not be uh, as easily, uh, you know, accessible as, um, you know, other sects of Islam or what people claim to be Islam but really isn't. So if you can kind of touch up on this, that'd be lovely. I think that it's so, it's so accessible and it's so easily accessible that we become neglectful. You know, the fact that you can go on Islam Q and, and ask any question and get an answer mm -hmm. to whatever question that you're thinking, I think that makes people sort of take their foot off the gas, you know, a little bit. And yeah, it makes it, yeah. make people feel like, you know, I maybe I don't have to go seek knowledge because I can ask any time, any question that I want at any time. You know, mm -hmm. people sort of become complacent in where they're at. Yeah. Whereas a person who, like, for example, if a person takes the fact that they're standing in front of Allah and they're worshiping Allah and their salah, if they take that seriously, they're going to go and they're going to be, you know what? Is, this, is the way I'm praying today right? Or am I just accepting the fact that my parents taught me this is how you pray and I'm going to keep praying like this? Exactly, the bare minimum. Exactly. So mm -hmm. it, it sort of changes, like, what the value that you give it changes how you act according, how you act towards it. Yeah. If you feel like, you know what, Islam is easy, like, accessible, and I can ask any question whenever I want, then you're okay with where you're at. Mm -hmm. You're okay with the assumptions that you have. The assumption mm -hmm. that my parents taught me how to pray, and this is the way you pray. Yeah. Rather than you going and opening up a book mm -hmm. and, and looking through that hadith and seeing how the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam prayed. Alayhi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's the, the, the biggest difference when it comes to uh, accessibility and how people look at seeking knowledge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, no, that's big, man. That's big, man. But yeah, alhamdulillah, man. I feel like we 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 covered a lot of different aspects of this uh, this topic, and I'm, and I'm pretty pleased, man. We had a pretty um, fruitful discussion. I, I personally I enjoyed it so far. Like uh, I I enjoyed this episode the most. most. Um, but next week, I really feel like. Uh, I want to discuss the concept of hope and fear. Hope in Allah's mercy and, and fear uh, from his punishment. Because I feel like it, it's so, so, so important. And I feel like the, the, the term fear Allah has really like lost its sense of uh, just, uh, it, it comprises so much. Like fear Allah comprises so much. And I feel like it's limited to just distinctly just fearing Allah, being in a state of fear, right? Uh, so I really, I want to I wanna discuss that next week, bi-idhnillahi um, ta'ala. I don't know right now if we have time to touch up on uh, the questions or comments that were put in 
the uh, I'm getting the thumbs up from Rex. So let's do that, man. Let's see what people had to say about. Should we do last week? What people had to say about last week's episode or this week? Yeah. Or both, or? Uh, uh, I'll bring up uh, people that wanted to talk about um, this episode, like comments about this episode. Beautiful. Go for it. Uh, so one person said, um, "Salam alaikum, guys. Absolutely love the episode. To hear all your insight and takes were extremely refreshing. May Allah reward you all on the on the platform for giving us this great content. Uh, for the next episode on negligence and ignorance in terms of the religion, I would say that it is very important for us as Muslims to have knowledge on what is obligatory on us and what affects us, such as knowledge on prayer, fasting, rights as Muslims." Um, have over you, etc. I believe that as a Muslim, it's responsible for us to remain negligent, to remain negligent on knowledge of affairs that affect us uh, regularly. If I am a Muslim businessman, it is upon me to learn the Islamic rulings of sales. If I am a Muslim mm-hmm. farmer, it is on me to learn the Islamic rulings of agriculture. Some mm-hmm. knowledge will be will become obligatory as we progress through life, such as rights that your husband or wife has over you, rights your mm-hmm. children have on you. Etc. It is necessary for every Muslim to have knowledge on Islamic inheritance and Sharia matters, etc. No matter why we have imams, so that when these affairs come up, we can go to them to ask them for the answer. That's a good point, man. That's a really good point. And I feel like, Alhamdulillah, we did we did cover like a lot of that. I feel like we covered that, especially like in the beginning, in regards to. Um, what is upon each person because not everybody can become a scholar like what what is incumbent essentially upon every single uh, muslim which is to know uh, that which is like, relevant uh, to to their life and it applies to them so yeah man may allah reward that person very very good points um yeah man uh okay let me get another one hold up Oh, okay. by, by the way, we see your guys' questions. Even though we don't answer them on the Curious Cat, we're seeing them. So please keep bringing them in. But yeah, keep going. Uh, I, I, somebody, I don't, I don't want to be. I don't, I don't, I don't want Ozzy to make it seem like I'm being like. I just found, I got the password today to the Curious Cat. So I came across some of the questions or comments today. Some of them they used to be forwarded to me like within the last week. But yeah, man, we appreciate the the participation. Well, I really appreciate it. And if you guys can, if you guys feel like it and you guys really enjoy it, share this, uh, these episodes, share the podcast with a friend, with a family member, post it in your group chat, you know, uh, start discussions, right? like, like make, it, make it less of a taboo thing to, to discuss the D, man. But yeah, Rex, talk to me, man. Uh, somebody asked if you could, I think we did, but if you could touch on things saying uh, or sayings that we normalize and take lightly, but aren't in line with our deen. For example, swearing on Allah and the rulings of swearing on anything but Him. Um, I think this is perfect for the the, the, the episode that we just had. Mm, yeah, person, because it has a lot to do. Like, with, you know how a lot of times people yeah. be like, "Oh, I, on my mom's grave or on my grandmother's yeah, grave," and on, Allah. You know, on the book of Allah. You know, people make these oaths and they yeah. swear by these things, yeah, not knowing the gravity of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the swearing, uh, there's none that is deserving of being sworn on other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us as Muslims. Like none, none. And it, it's, again, like it just shows you how important it is for a person to remove ignorance from themselves. Because imagine a person is swearing on a person's grave. They're swearing on their mother. They're swearing on their child. They're swearing on their dead best friend or sibling. Or, or cousin or something like Allah like it's, 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 it's such that's such a dangerous affair and I feel like just discussing swearing on other than Allah and being negligent in, in regards to our statements and what we say that that itself deserves like a whole like episode in itself man and I feel like uh, discuss, discussing that in like a question and answer format I feel like uh, it doesn't do justice what of the injustice yeah like even i was thinking like as i heard the question i was thinking to myself yo this is such a big question because there's so many things that we might yeah there's Mm -hmm. so many things that people do like on a day-to-day basis that isn't in accordance to islam but we normalize Mm -hmm. it you know yeah so it's like you got to unpack that kind of stuff as it goes but you know i think one thing that like was highlighted to me in that question was that's the power of knowledge like when you know you you just don't fall into those type of mistakes because you know yeah so they're your uncertainty yeah, like you act accordingly, right? But when mm-hmm. you don't know, 
You you swear on on other than Allah, and you don't even know that you're doing it. It's, it is so normalized. Like how many times do we see on Twitter or social media, "I'm my mama" or "I'm my like"? You know, people say that regularly. Like it's like yeah, it's normal dialogue these days. You know, so it's it's true. But that's mm-hmm. one thing that I thought about. But yeah. Uh, and I guess the last, this will be the last one. So somebody asked a question regarding seeking alum. Uh, do you have any advice for sisters or brothers who have the opportunity to go abroad and seek knowledge, but do not dare to take that risk because the person is thinking about making money, marrying, or worried about leaving their family and so on? Uh, um, uh, bismillah. Uh, firstly, uh, seeking knowledge is a, it is a lifelong commitment it is not a, you know, a decision where a person leaves the comfort of their home for a portion of their life and, you know, learn everything in the deen and wherever it is they're, they're traveling to and that's it, like they're done. They don't need to do it anymore. And the reason why I'm mentioning this point is because sometimes it's not obligatory for a person to, to leave the comfort of their home to, to go and, and study abroad, right? Um, there's, uh, to be honest, like there's, there's a lot of dangers in like studying abroad, right? And, there, and there's a lot of difficulties that come in. And obviously, this is not me saying don't do it. I'm not saying don't do it. But I'm saying that you should really, really put a lot of time uh, and effort into the logistics of how you're going to study abroad and, and then measure yourself while you're in the comfort of your home. How much time do you really dedicate to studying? How much time do you really dedicate to you know, reading the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a message to myself, first and foremost, wallahi, to be honest. Uh, like, how much time do you dedicate to bettering yourself as a Muslim? Do you feel like it's just the environment alone that will completely change uh, your complete work ethic and lifestyle? I, I would beg to differ. I would beg to differ. And I feel like um, a person who starts off in the comfort of their home and studies with their local uh, scholars and teachers and people of knowledge, that person will only thrive when they go to, uh, you know, a different environment where studying the deen is promoted and it's, that's, the, that's the bread and butter there. And I'm saying this from, from like personal experience. Like I've, I've seen people who have come to, you know, like I traveled to Egypt before, like me and, me and Zebo, if you guys don't know, like me and Zebo, we lived with each other for like, eight months like we studied abroad we went to kuwait he's laughing right now like in, in, in zoom you guys can see his face but we lived in, in the same room together in kuwait for three months and then we traveled to egypt we lived with each other in the same house for like five months you know um you can see like a person who has studied previous like prior to to traveling to study more and how much that person takes off and completely like just like shoots up in the air like metaphorically like they they, they just the the their 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 gears just run much more faster and and they already have you know the ability to memorize well they have you know they, they've broken their comfort zones of the book of allah for example they've broken the comfort zone of uh you know memorization memorizing over six thousand verses in the quran right so the point that i'm making the point that i'm making is that is thrive wherever you are Thrive wherever you are, and if you feel like you'll thrive even more going overseas, then do so. Then do so, you know. And do not. I would also say, in regards to studying abroad or going abroad, I would say uh, that traveling to study the dean is not necessarily permissible for everybody. Right. Now, you have to understand, like, this is circumstantial because there could be some obligations that it is upon you to fulfill where you are, right? And studying the deen beyond what is, like, obligatory upon you is recommended, right? It's not, it's not obligatory for you to, uh, like, learn um, things uh, beyond what's obligatory upon you. With that being said, something that is recommended should never be given precedence over something that is obligatory right so the point that i'm saying is if you have you know family members like your mother and father at home that you know that depend upon you you got to stay home and take care of them you got to stay home and take care of them you know if if you're if you're a person who uh provides food on the table right and pays for the bills you got to do that you got to do that and there is reward in that right don't don't think that there isn't right alhamdulillah living in 2020 we have access to how much books, online PDFs, you know, set webinars, 
um, explanations of books, scholars, all of these things are accessible by the, by the click of a button, alhamdulillah. So I would say, uh, think about using these, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, that's what I would say. And there's a lot that they can be said about this, but I would leave it to that. Uh, Wallahu a'lam. I feel like this is a, a good place to, to stop for this week. And inshallah, next week, we'll be discussing uh, the concept of hope and fear. Hope in Allah's mercy and fear and His punishment. So if you have anything that you'd like to contribute uh, in regards to this topic or ask questions or, or have topics or, or, or things within this uh, subject that you guys would want us to discuss, please feel free to hit us up on the Curious Cat. And uh, don't forget to like, I don't know if it's like and subscribe, but like, you know what the YouTubers say, like, uh, like, subscribe and comment and share this with friends. And yeah, man, Allah, Allah. <laughs> Allah, Allah. All right, man. Uh, thanks again, guys. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.